Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Film Pigs Podcast. We're a podcast all about the movies, which aren't being made anymore. I'm your host, Steve Skelton. I'm here with fellow film pigs, Stephen Falk. Uh, that's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> and Todd Robert Anderson. Hey, everybody. It's me, Todd Robert Anderson. Yeah, no, I did. I already. I said, just told oh, that. I said it. You said it. Who's no, that? I said it, and then you oh, said I, it, and I repeated it. All right, but it's good. It's you know, it's well. Uh, every intro can't be you know. But I, for me, messaging is about repetition. You have to repeat it, otherwise people don't remember. You have to repeat it for messaging. Yeah, Todd Robert Anderson. Todd Robert. Okay, so remember the Todd Robert Anderson. Todd, Todd Robert, Robert Anderson. Anderson Todd remember. Robert Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Good. Should we try again? Uh, Should we redo it? Yeah. Let's try again. Let's see if we can. Let's see if we can do this a little bit better. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Film Pigs Podcast. We're a podcast all about the movies where we only say our names once. I'm Todd Steve Robert Anderson. I'm Todd Robert Anderson. Fuck! That was you. <laughs> I jumped on you. Get, you. Oh no. <laughs> I forgot. I'm sorry. Well, well, it's yeah. Well, it's like look, we're all out of practice. You know, nothing's getting made. We're not working. Yeah, uh, it's heat, we're getting rusty. Heat stroke. Yeah, heat stroke. It's too hot. Uh, you gotta wear a floppy hat everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. Skeleton, just yeah. so you know, so, on your upload, I'm getting a low disk space uh, message. Porn. Too much porn. You have too much porn. Well, that would that would probably be your disk space. That's weird. Okay, all right, hang on. I'll uh, I'll do some stuff. Totally all right, good. you can continue with the show. I'll I'll do. That. Okay, good. I'm glad we uh, solved that uh, major crisis. So yeah, uh, we're uh, in the middle of uh, the hottest summer on record until next summer. And the summer after that, and every s- summer uh, to come until we all uh, melt. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and, you know, uh, we have that to look forward to. Uh, and we're also in the middle of a uh, big, big strike, um, yeah. which we'll uh, talk about in a little bit. But uh, where we're not making any I, any I, any more movies or TV. Hot, hot tip, though: Vidiots in Eagle Rock is uh, is overly air conditioned, so you can go to any oh. screening. Ooh. And get out of the heat for a couple hours and freeze your. Body. Oh, and that's nice too because Nvidia it's just reopened. Yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you are in uh, LA, get to Vidiots uh, to beat the heat and watch some movies. Speaking of movies, let's talk about what have you seen lately? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me. What have you seen lately? Todd Robert Anderson. Todd Robert Anderson. Todd, Todd Robert, Robert Anderson. Anderson. Thank you. What have you seen Thank lately? You. Todd Robert Anderson lately has seen. Well, I, th- I think uh, since our last recording, the first movie, I've seen a couple movies in the theaters, the first of which was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So I saw that. Um, eh, eh. It was fine, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, no, I saw yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I ultimately, I mean, I, I, I didn't hate it. It wasn't a horrible movie going experience, but I wouldn't call it a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. I think what was interesting is when we talked about it afterwards, we kind of came to the conclusion that it was, while it was a better movie than Crystal Skull, it wasn't as ambitious as no, Crystal Skull. No, it didn't it didn't jump the shark on any level. And I guess after crystal skull, I wanted it to at least try. I mean, there was a, and also there were no jungles. 
Like the whole movie was in cities. Even when they, spoiler alert, went back in time, they're still in an urban situation. It's all urban. There were no jungles. And I miss like Indiana Jones movies always have jungles and exotic locales that don't have people in them, you know, with bats and spiders and snakes and stuff. I don't know. I, I kind of missed that. It felt more like a James Bond movie than it did in Indiana. How's the uh, VFX de-aging? It was yeah. distracting. And uh, it may, for me, like the first act of that movie with the de-aging um, and the like out of the blue new legacy characters, I, w- I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, it's like it, it how it is in pretty much any situation de-aging is used is in some areas it actually looks pretty darn good until he starts talking and it's you know when the mouth starts moving that's when it's the a, that is really a chuck, wa- chuck wagon uh, dog food commercial from the 80s <laughs> yeah <laughs> or or e-trade with the talking babies <laughs> <laughs> yeah all righty Stephen Falk, what have you seen? Like? God, I, I don't think I've been able to join you for like three months. So I've seen a lot of movies, but let's see. Um, I'll just say the last movie I saw, which was uh, Barbie. Ooh, how's Barbie? Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. My my two little children um, who are who are five and seven very much enjoyed it. Um, it did its job because they immediately asked for more Barbies after the movie. <laughs> uh, so... So Greta Gerwig did her job. Um, no, but it's 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 really really it's wildly inventive. I I um you know uh, it it's more for women in that not that I didn't like it at all. I, I, not that I it I it suffered for me, but there are things about it that are very specifically touch on the quandary of being a woman in society and. Um, it's really resonating with women. And I think that's great. I think, you know, I, I'm not that troubled with the, the commercial nature of the movie because at at least it's a little more naked about its ambition. And, you know, and I think Greta Gerwig, whether you like her as an actress or or a filmmaker, I think she's made a, a one good movie and one not good movie before this. Um, uh, she she at least has some sort of balls and 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 um you know and and did things that Mattel didn't like and and ended up you know going with and I I think that's good um you know Margot Robbie Robbie is great and uh, but but Ryan Gosling who I actually think is a wildly overrated actor um this was his best performance of all time he's, oh wow he he's he's just so. Per, he he so perfectly captures that idea of uh, of this 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 can, which is a great comic conceit, where he doesn't know what his purpose is, and he's he's wildly <laughs> stupid. Um, I'm I'm a real sucker for stupid characters who who are really searching, um, <laughs> uh, but it, but in in but still but never overcoming their stupidity. So their search is understandable and universal, but dumb as fuck. And I had no idea what was, what sort of the, the twist was, um, that the incredibly perfect, um, uh, whoever did the trailer, the incredibly perfect trailer didn't give it away. Um, and I won't, but, uh, yeah, it was, and, and the production design, I've never been 
as blown away by production design uh, as it's in this movie. Wait, anyway, it was better really than good. Babylon? Um, I mean, in a very different way. In a, in a, I mean, that that's just a period, a very good period recreation. But this is a an imagined world and and a very inventive, inventively rendered um, visually. Yeah. Well, I guess I got and not and, and 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 a lot and and a lot practically done, mm-hmm. which yeah. which I really appreciate. Yeah, I read somewhere that uh, oh shit, I can't remember what the number was, but I, and I think it was talking to the production designer or somebody uh, from the movie where they they determined um, they figured out that um, in the actual toys, like with Barbie's size in relation to all of her like houses and cars yeah. and stuff that the actual houses and cars are like 85% the size, the proper scale. And so that's what they scaled everything in the movie Yeah, to be that same kind of weird toy ratio. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that, and it, it's subtle, but it's really effective because it, because the scale is just off, but, but not, yeah. but again, yeah, 15% off. So it, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Well, I guess cool. I, I'm going to go see it on Saturday, I guess. I've been talking. cool. Yeah. I watched uh on on the on the Netflix, I watched uh, that uh they uh they cloned Tyrone. How's that? Oh, how is that? A movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, um, I want to see that. Like mo- like most movies, uh, I think it's too long. I think it probably could have could have cut a good 10-15 minutes out of it to to tighten up the pacing. But uh it was it's a tremendous amount of fun. And, you know, really just kind of like, you know, you know, doing, you know, using kind of the black exploitation framework uh, to tell a really socially relevant, uh, you know, thematic story, but also with like just really fun characters that are just uh, uh, <laughs> just when they figure out <laughs> that just the whole, the whole insane premise of the thing. Uh, it just, yeah, it's a, uh, and it's got with sequel, it's got Jamie yeah. Foxx, right? Yeah. 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 John Boyega, Jamie Foxx and, uh, um, uh, oh, who's the actress? Um, she's, uh, since she from, uh, the Marvel stuff too. Um, shit. I'm blanking. I'm totally blanking on her name. Um, they're, they're like the, the trio, the core trio, and they have a really, really great chemistry, like back and forth as, as a trio back and forth. Uh, and that's that's really what sustains for me, for at least for me, sustained kind of the whole movie was just kind of their interaction through the whole thing. Um, but yeah, very stylistic, very cool, um, a lot of fun stuff, uh, a lot of good jokes. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a good show. I enjoyed it. Ah, good to hear. I want to I want to watch that. I've been it's it's on my list. I've been looking at it. Yeah. Todd, well, I saw saying? the other movie I saw in the theater since we last uh, did an episode is uh, Insidious: The Red Door. Because mm. my is my, that like the fortieth Insidious it's movie? F- fifth Insidious movie, I think. Directed by directed by the actor directed by Patrick about. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Wilson. Oh, Patrick Wilson stars. Okay, he stars yeah, so he, and directs. Uh, and. He turned, yeah. He he cashed in his insidious uh, cred to go look. I'll do another one, but you gotta let me direct. Yeah, it. so that's what happened. Uh, my family loves this franchise, and the 
a lot of the Blumhouse Conjuring universe, Insidious universe. Is Insidious the one where it's the uh, Darth Maul's cousin? Yeah, like is the demon? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and this one's kind of funny because it 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 sort of starts and nobody like none of the main characters remember anything about any of the other insidious movies, which was helpful for me. Cause I didn't remember anything about the other. <laughs> and so they re-explained everything. And then, but also it's like the same movie again, because they just don't remember. And then they have to go into the further, you know, this other parallel demon dimension. Um, it was fine. Um, <laughs> You know, it kind of it, it has its jump scares. It 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 does its family drama stuff okay, um, but then it just sort of the ending is so sudden and pat and easy. It's like the opposite of Poltergeist. You know, it's sort of like ah, oh, they go and they go into the further and they work it out and everything is fine. It it, it didn't really it wasn't very scary, and because it was PG thirteen, you know, we couldn't see the good stuff that would be behind it a red door. You know what I mean? You know, some gore. Yeah. yeah so it's not, grossness. not a lot of gore, yeah. not a lot, just more jump scare. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. It was jump scary. PG 13, uh, family drama, E, but didn't, uh, it was fine. I mean, if you like these movies and you're a completist, then go for it. But I don't, yeah, but I guess it did well at the box sure. office. So there's that. Yeah, so there'll be there'll be an insidious. Even sense. though this was supposed to be the last one, it was all wrapped up. It's all sure. wrapped up. Of course, of course, it'll be the last. Of course, it'll be the last one. They wrapped it up. Everything's sure. fine. Wrapped up. Stephen Fall, what else have you seen lately? Um, uh, you know, the movie I saw before that was called Mission Colon Impossible Dash Dead Reckoning Part One. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a Dead Reckoning comma Part One. Uh. Uh, no, it's just dead oh, regular really? part one, okay. all with no punctuation. I'm going off Letterboxd, but um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if this is that AP style book correct. Yeah, or? I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Uh-oh. it did, it did, it did, it did its job. No, I mean, it did its job. He ran. Um, <laughs> there, there are a couple, you know, uh, kind of snarky, fun scenes with the 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 the, the crew there. Mm-hmm. Um, confusing number of women from past movies that I don't remember. Um, uh, you know, a, a good stunt. I, I, I will say, I think that this stunt though, you know, the big stunt that now it, it's a stunt, a practical stunt that he, he, he accomplishes yeah. himself at 60. Um, whereas the jumping from the airplane of the last one, like hanging off right? the door thing. Uh, yeah, and then the and then the skydiving and the fight and and all, yeah. and all that was so spectacular because the camera work was so bananas that I feel like this, while you know, uh, uh, jumping motorcycle jumping to a parachute to a moving train is cool. It's a little harder to understand that it's practical. It, you know what I mean? That it, that it, that it, yeah. It could have been a lot of a, a lot. It, it could have been VFXed, and, and so it didn't stand out as holy shit. There's no way they could have done that, except practically. Yeah, yeah. So the practical nature of it was a tiny bit lost, if that makes any sense. It does. Um, 
Christine, Christina, hilariously, like we we did it at one of those. We were in on a little vacation in San Diego, and we went to we got a babysitter at the hotel, and we went to see it. And, she, and we it was one of those eat theaters, and you know she ate and drank a beer, and then halfway through went all right, good night, and just rolled over and went to sleep. <laughs> Not like fell asleep, just decided to go to sleep. She was like, "Yeah, I got, I got it, I got the movie." Um, <laughs> So, you know, more popcorn for me. Um, but, you know, I don't care about any of the, like, the mythology and lore and all that shit. It's pretty fucking stupid. And But the, the important thing, though, is, like, how many cool jackets did Tom Cruise wear? No. Oh, I don't remember any cool jackets. Um, I'm sure I'm sure he did. He did not talk about baseball, uh, as opposed, uh, unlike a lot of his movies. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was fine. It was good. It was good. All right. Yeah. Sounds like the Indiana Jones movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the, well, it's also like the fast movies where it's like, okay, we're getting to the end of the franchise that kind of wore itself out a movie or two ago already. And they should have stopped then maybe, but they're still fine. Yeah. They're still fine. I don't know if fast X is fine. I don't know about that. I went on a little, uh, uh, like seventies thriller uh, thing the other night. And I watched a double feature of coma and the China syndrome. Those go together like Ramalama ding dong. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? And I, I dug it. It was like, well, like coma's hilarious. Like, like you remember, like the thing is you remember from coma, like the, uh, you know, the hanging by the wire, you know, uh, visual, which is really, really striking and scary and weird. Uh, what you don't remember from coma is the rest of the movie is pretty ridiculous, <laughs> uh, and, and silly. And, and it's so like dated, like even for the seventies, like the overt, uh, sexism oh. is just on overdrive in, comic fashion and because i think it was like it was it was a you know Crichton michael Crichton script i think it's also like it was his first director yeah yeah Mm. that was like i think if i remember right um so it's like it's really very ham-fisted uh thematically um but uh very stylish um and you know using as many of those kind of like 70s brutalist structure science buildings as they can find uh in in the uh, in in the production, um, I like China Syndrome's better. China Syndrome's a better movie. Um, it's a it's more of a, you know, it it, it helps. It has a I think it has a stronger cast, mm-hmm. even though it's a Michael Douglas is in both of them. Um, but uh, you know, uh, like Jack Lemmon in particular as the as the the nuclear mm-hmm. technician who eventually you know tries to blow the whistle. Uh, is you know got a really nice understated everyman performance that Lemon's always great at. So, yeah, I like those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, anybody have a burning desire to say anything else I, you saw lately? Or I'll tell you, I saw a, a new sh- a movie on the Shutter streaming service called oh. uh, "The Retaliators." Um, <laughs> it's- I'm, I'm gonna. I can probably guess what they do. <laughs> it's it's not what you think. It's about a they don't retaliate. A, a pastor uh, who preaches turning the other cheek, 
but then you see his daughter is uh, murdered by this mm, mob connected psycho. And then he's got this conundrum of wanting to get revenge, but having to turn the other cheek. But then he runs into this other guy who's uh, also a psycho, but he's a psycho because he needs to get revenge for his daughter being murdered. And what he does is he captures uh, criminals, uh, 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 psycho criminals, and he keeps them in the basement for people to torture who've Ooh. lost their uh, loved ones to psychos. So then the pastors. Oh, so they get closure. Yeah. Yeah. But then the pastors got this conundrum of, well, I don't want to torture people. Uh, you know, I, I'm a turn the other cheek guy. Um, and, but then there's this psycho who's demanding that he torture uh, other psychos to death. Um, well, you know, it turns out he kind of gets his cake and eats it too. Um, I enjoyed it. It's really gory. <laughs> um, I, that reminds me briefly uh, of a trailer I saw that I'm very excited for during Mission Impossible, which is the Equalizer 3. Oh, yeah. It, yes, I just saw that trailer. Equalizer 3 in Italy. Equalizing yeah. in Italy. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. The, he still he still sets his watch going. Yeah. Sets that timer going. Yeah. This time he's against Cosa Nostra and and in Sicily and uh, I can't fucking wait, man. It looks rad. <laughs> it looks so good. His little tea, ba- yeah, tea bags. Like, um, one movie I, I just watched that trailer today. One movie I did see that I'll, I'll highly recommend is Blackberry. Uh, the oh, the, ooh, the, yeah. the story of uh, of of the Rim fellas up in Canada. Uh, and the rise and fall of of BlackBerry, and it's it's just really it's like shot on like sh- you know made to look like shitty VHS. And Glenn Howerton from uh, It's Always Sunny um, is just wildly good as the 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 bad guy. I mean, the boss kind of the he has this like bald head, and he's just it, it's it's a tremendous performance and and a, a, a kind of a, a just a, a fun lo fi um, uh, movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked Blackberry. Yeah, real good. Blackberry and Tetris would be a good uh, double feature of yeah pop culture businessy yeah. uh, adventures. Yeah, I've not seen that. What's uh, what are what are those on? What are they? Where are they? Apple. Uh, yeah, Apple. I guess. Yeah, I think it's a- are, are they both Apple? I think Tetris is Apple. Tetris is Apple, and I I I went to Apple, my corporate overlord, to uh, to rent uh, BlackBerry. I'm not sure what ah. what it's on. Okay. It may it may be streaming on something. I, I can't remember though. Yeah, no, no, both good. I like both of those movies no. uh, quite a bit. All right, well, that's uh, what have you seen lately? Boy, have we seen? Yeah, <laughs> we really have seen lately. Yeah. All right, moving on, moving on to our discussion. There's many, many uh, things to talk about in the state of uh, movies and TV and entertainment today. But uh, top of the list is the the Writers Guild and Screen Actors Guild strike uh, that is ongoing that has ground uh, Hollywood to a halt. Uh, mostly because the studios refuse to speak. Well, that's not true. They're speaking to everyone except the unions. Yeah, uh, it would seem that way. And so uh, I wanted to uh, check in with both of you guys because you are on the front lines of uh, of this strike and and uh, want to get your thoughts on what's happening. Well, uh, is this just going to be CEO bashing? I just want to know because I don't. <laughs> That that's just rude. Uh, 
Yeah, no, no, no. 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 Yeah, I mean, no, I mean listen, they, they, they've got enough yeah. stress. Ted Sarandos grew up in a union household. Mm-hmm. Skelton. <laughs> yeah, let's cut him. A, let's cut. Yeah, him let's, cut, yeah, let's and, cut all the CEOs some slack. Let's stop. And I, Iger didn't want. Yeah, there, there, Iger there, there, didn't there want to come back. It's just that you know the the early polling showed no one was going to vote for him for president, and uh, and Bob Tupac <laughs> fucked up Disney so bad that he had to come back, but. He, you know, he did it out of the goodness of his heart. Uh, yeah, these guys the without his golden parachute. Without them, there wouldn't be any shows. We yeah, and, and Zaslav just needs more vests. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, he's he get yeah he has a, he, those vests aren't cheap. No, no. Um, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the question? Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I mean, just initially, I just want to see because I know both of you have been. Um, out on the lines and are uh, kind of in the thick of it. And I don't know. I just want to ask you, you know, what's been happening and where, where do you think it's going? And do you have enough floppy hats? Well, I, I, my, my, I'm in both unions and the third union that, that made a historic deal uh, early on. Uh, Oh boy. Where are you with that? Tell us about that. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I voted no. Uh, <laughs> I, I I have no fucking idea what the directors guild is thinking. They're 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 not communicative with their membership, and um, it's not even like they got some great shit. They just they just, you know they just love being the adults in the room. I, I I really don't understand it. I'd love to talk to Lisa Linka Gladder, who's the president, um, who I've actually worked with on Weeds and ask her what the fuck because you know whatever after seeing the the writers guild and now sag and fran drescher and all that and i i don't i can't i can't fathom what what the thinking was there um you know uh and and now you know these poor fucking directors i mean poor directors but some some of them are good fellows and and fellettes and they're sitting at you know like comic-con like as the only person representing their fucking movie, like they're, you know, uh, the the guy I can't remember his name, Simeon or whatever, uh, Damien Simeon is that his name? Who uh, from Dear White People, who now directed Haunted uh, Mansion, uh, which is getting panned, but he's just out there alone, just like trying to sell this movie. Yeah, and uh, and also shit talking Iger. Um, uh, on a strike perspective, um, I mean, sorry, on a picket perspective, um. The Writers Guild were, I mean, we were sort of like, you know, we're not built to pick it. We're we're pale. We're we're ugly. <laughs> uh, uh, we're we're not confrontational. Yeah, you're, you're built to sit in dark rooms in front of yeah. in front of computer yeah, screens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, there there's some there's some like comedy room veterans who love you know uh, just being with their pals and 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 talking shit all day. I'm not one of them. Uh, so I, I I didn't I don't I don't like picketing, but I, I swear to God when SAG came out, you know, on like day seventy and joined it, you know, and I think that increased the number by seventeen times. Is that right? I, like my math is bad, but from eleven thousand five hundred members to one hundred sixty thousand members, uh, uh, whatever that ratio is. Um, and and these are people who want to be seen, and <laughs> you know, and and these are people who you know majority of them aren't working uh uh you know what is it like 17 percent of sag after members have health insurance so you know then yeah uh, um and 
and so it really infused <laughs> it overly infused the 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 lines uh in a way that it's kind of troubling almost i went yesterday at i was at warner brothers by myself picketing and it was just like just people having so much fun and, and <laughs> There were there were, there were people with there. I said there were multiple people with puppets. There were multiple people with with dyed dogs in, um, like carrying little dogs. Uh, there, it was just it, it was it, it was you know people singing, dancing. It was wild and uh, and overwhelming, but cool. I mean, I, I think um, Fran Drescher. Uh, I think she did. A, she had a great speech written for her, and she delivered it the lines really well mm-hmm. and it was um and then and then Iger and Zaslov and 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 Sarandos just like shat the bed I mean they're just losing the PR war I don't understand I I, I assume and there is some I mean it's all uh, we go back to Wall Street is really fucked um Wall Street and tech have fucked the industry and this whole streaming yep. thing is a chimera it's not real it's not sustainable it's not true they bought in. It was a land arms race. They spent so much money, and now they need to, you know, prop their books up for a few quarters. Uh, it's the short sighted nature of of finance, and so they're gonna they're happy that there's no production going because they now they have massive influx of cash to do what they want with. But you know, without actually thinking, and you know, and they can punish us a little, and I think that's fun for them. Um, but at the same time, they're not looking forward, or at least. It doesn't seem like they are. The, the coffers are going to dry up in terms of um, uh, product. You know, they, mm-hmm. they make one thing. Uh, and I mean, I guess Disney makes cruises and neighborhoods and, and theme parks. But generally speaking, they need product. And in a year, the release schedule is going to be like it was a year after COVID started. And, um, and that's not going to be good. And no one's going to want Peacock anymore then. And no one's going to want Hulu anymore if they're not making things. So, at some point, they have to get back to the table, and and it's gonna it's gonna cost them. And then they'll figure out ways to squeeze money other ways. It'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, I guess they always do find ways Tom. to squeeze money. Todd, oh no, Mitch McConnell. Uh-oh, he got, he got, McConnell. got Mitch McConnell. Mitch, Mitch, do you want to? Should we escort you out, <laughs> Mitch? Mitch. Uh, while uh, while we're uh, waiting for our crack um, IT department uh, to fix Todd's uh, streaming problem, yeah, I mean, I think one one thing I I can't remember if it was it was uh, a director uh, on on Twitter at somewhere I can't might have been Stephen Denight um, uh, who did uh, Spartacus uh, the first season of, of Daredevil. Um, uh, I think I think it's him. Um, I'm, I might be wrong, but you know he he was talking about uh, streaming and and the unsustainability of streaming, and uh, and uh, uh, how it uh, just um, the 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 whole process of of putting out a show, dumping it all out at one time, mm-hmm. and then waiting to see if they get the ratings they want before they green light another season to then dump all at once for binge watching, you know, it completely disrupts a, the schedule of how TV has been produced for decades. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about TV in particular, uh, other than, other than movies, but it 
like completely disrupted a a system and a methodology that has worked consistently and been profitable for decades. Yeah. And and then ends up putting like, oh, now we it's two years between seasons if we're gonna do another one. And then by that time the audience is like, oh, I've forgotten what that show was and we moved on to something else. And so yeah, so I think he's kind of his prediction was at some point streamers to survive, they're going to have to go back to a, uh, ad, ad a, based model, a, ad, ad based model. Go, they're going to have to reinvent how TV used to be made before streaming, uh, and do it that way again. Cause it works. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, and all the, all the companies, including Netflix were introducing, uh, either fast services or just, uh, an ad based tier, um, which is just mm-hmm. now TV, but on an app, you know, yeah. and, and another short sighted thing about them is the, you know, a lot of the ways that they've um, uh, for on the TV side affected writers rooms and, um, and it, it's all, it's all just shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, but that's what business does. I mean, look at the environment right now. It's not about, it's just about, revenue in this quarter it's not about what might happen in 20 years or, or 50 years and and if you're not training i mean my point is if you're not training the next generation of showrunner um by you know letting writers actual actually go to set and learn how to produce yeah and learn how to do post-production and learn all that which costs yeah you got to pay them another you know whatever couple thousand a, 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 an episode or week um uh, after production ends sure but um, it's going to pay off uh, dividends. I mean, the problem is, though, you can't monetize that for the quarter. You're taking a loss. Uh, that, that benefit is, is it, intangible. It doesn't show up on a balance sheet. And that's all, you know, the, the Wall Street cares about. Um, yeah. So, that, I mean, that, you know, the streaming part is one part of it. But also the hedge fundification of Hollywood mm-hmm. is... Another giant part of it because it's yeah it's about it's, it's, it's about all short term it's, it's all short term what's next quarter yeah, and killing not industries what's, not what's five quarters from now it's next quarter and 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 killing industries as it goes along you know I mean yeah you know, smarter people than I have made this analogy but you know um, uh, Uber has killed the taxi market and then also killed themselves and uh, yeah. you know and 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 DoorDash has killed the restaurant uh, industry and then themselves I mean it's just yeah. Blockbuster you know, it, killed the video industry and then itself. Then yeah. themselves. It's, it's, you know, and, and it, it's, again, it's, it's these finance bros siphoning off uh, money for themselves and killing an industry. And that's what we're seeing happening right I know. now. I apologize so that, way, that I am not part of that and I haven't been able to siphon off money and become know, a finance bro. I know. Just, I apologize. There, I'm having Wi Fi issues. I don't know why. There was a giant fire uh, on the 118. Maybe that has something to do with it, but I keep my thing. Yeah, you popped in and out. Um, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think we kept going, so I think it might be. I, I think it should be fine. Uh, I just yeah, it keeps out, doing the recording. My so whole... we'll, we'll, find, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, oh, well. We'll anyway, going. Todd, uh, uh, your thoughts on uh, the strike so far? Um, well, I mean, I, you know, I hope it turns around. I don't like walking around in this extreme heat, uh, holding up picket signs. It's very uh, sweaty and uncomfortable. Um, uh, you know, as far as 
I, I feel like in a lot of ways, this is the business catching up to people like me and realizing, oh, you know, they do matter. The no name uh, uh, actors and, and writers who, you know, fill in the gaps and, you know, do the supporting stuff. Um, it, it should, I always think about this. Like if I don't book commercials, which is in the commercial industry, we had our strike in 2000 because of the internet. I remember, right. Um, it was all, and, and, and back then they called it new media. And, you know, the excuse was, well, it's new media. We don't understand what kind of cash it generates. And like, even 10 years into the internet, they're like, we don't understand it. We don't know where the money's coming from. It sounds just like what the streamers uh, are, are doing now. We don't really know how much money we're making or not. So how can we pay you uh, fairly? You know, it's like, I just feel like it's the same thing again, but just newer technology. Um, and yeah, I, it, it would be nice as a working class actor to, you know, book a certain amount of work every year and get paid the same and have it carry me through so I can keep auditioning and trying to get other work and not having to take, you know, a full-time job to make ends meet. Uh, because once I do that, then I can't really audition all yeah. the time. Um, and I mean, that's all I'm trying to get at is, uh, you know, making a, a, a livable wage and sustaining, you know, my mortgage payments and, and groceries and all that stuff uh, and, and still being available uh, to have a cell phone shoved up my ass on Grey's Anatomy. But if I, you know, if, you know, even top a show, which, you know, on the paper, it seems great. And you get this hunk of money, you know, for a week, and a half's work, but it, it doesn't, it's not going to sustain you for a whole year. So in a certain way, it would make sense for guest star money to sustain people a little bit better, you know, in the way, I mean, even ser series regulars now, depending on what network they're on, what series they're on, that doesn't um, amount to that much. Um, and it should, it should amount to given that so much of an actor's life, is going out and auditioning and trying to get a job. I mean, that's the job of the actor. So that needs to be paid for somehow. Um, and if we made more money on the jobs that we booked, then, you know, we would be more of it. I, I just, it seems like they're pushing out a resource. They don't want this resource. They don't want, I mean, maybe that's. Well, it. yeah. And it's also, it's like the, and the money is actually like negligible. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't the, the amount yeah. the amount of money that is that is made. It's it's literally got, the difference between you know like a top of show guest star. If you got twenty grand instead of ten, that would matter a lot more, especially now. I mean, really, I mean, you know, arguably it should be thirty. You, you should get like a week's pay of a series regular for doing a top of show guest star. That would be a reasonable. Uh, well, and and it's also like people you in the business. You know, I think you in the business. But I, what I'm saying, I think also people don't realize, and you know that that aren't involved in the in the business side of it. Like what you're talking about there is, you know, um, you might book one to three of those jobs a year if you're lucky, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so yeah, you're, you know, you're not you're not you're not booking that. Right. You're not booking one of these like every other week. No, I average. You're talking three, like regardless of what they are, I tend to average booking three to six jobs a year. Okay, and sometimes they're incredibly lucrative and it's great, and other times it's a thousand dollars 
for being on a low budget TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you need to, um, for, correct me on the numbers, I think for, for SAG to qualify for your health insurance, you have to make 26,000. Yeah. 26, somewhere in that area. I think 26, five, right. that, yeah. So, um, and 85% or so of SAG membership. They don't get like don't I, qualify. I, like I, they don't make they don't make twenty six. They don't even make twenty six thousand dollars. That's a the year bizarre thing. I mean, acting like, at this point, in my career, I'm in I'm in an upper echelon of the union, and I have been for twenty five years, which is insane. Like I've made insurance for twenty five years. Um, yeah, and I'm like uh, right now, probably not. I, it's probably I'm not going to have insurance next fiscal or you know uh next time the dues come up i probably won't make it so uh, and that's just i don't know that's just bananas to me no it's 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 absolutely insane because again like the the money that has been asked for is like a fraction of a percent of the profits that the industry makes. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, that, that the studios are like, like just the refusal to engage on the, like it would be a negligible amount to just give and you would, and the industry would still be making enormous profits. It shouldn't be um, for, it's really, it shouldn't be for as Dabney Coleman called me all those years ago, a bit player. It shouldn't be for bit players that the most lucrative jobs they can get are commercials. It just shouldn't be that way. Yeah, but I get a commercial for scale. I'm going to make way more money than I would with a recurring role on a network TV show like Good Girls for a year. I'll make more money making one commercial than a bunch of episodes of Good Girls, and that's that's doesn't make sense. I mean, I just yeah, doesn't it doesn't seem yeah that doesn't compute. Um, and and you know the other side of it, I mean, aside from the money too, is also the the new tech and um. Uh, you know, the AI being used to, to generate text and, and the, the practice of uh, body scanning actors and giving them one day's pay to take the rights to their, the digital puppetry uh, rights in perpetuity, which is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, It's digital scan of a background actor, I think is perfectly reasonable as long as that actor owns those assets and gets paid when those assets are used. Yeah. And also should have some level, like a one day, like a hunt, like a, like a few hundred bucks to then say, yeah, now we don't have to give you a job ever again. Cause we just use your doppelganger. Well, and also like not only, not only should people get paid for their visage being used in that level, like, you know, Nick cage and, uh, in, uh, the flash, <laughs> Jesus, Lord Christ. Um, but yeah, you know, they also should have some say in how it's used. Ultimately, there should be some, you know, you have to run this by whoever. Yeah, no, you can, no, you license it out for, yeah, you so know, hey, you but, can use so you're not, in these, so Salma in these, Hayek in isn't these, suddenly in pornography if she licenses out, yeah. you know, it shouldn't, she should get to green light or red light, whatever you want. Yeah. Well, no, I like the, like the black mirror. But yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Episode with Salma Hayek. The, 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 the idea. <laughs> What 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 strikes me as a sign that they're just evil is that they keep losing the PR battle, saying dumb things, not combating the points well, like in that document 
that came out a few days after the the SAG went on strike, you know, going point by point. And it wasn't like they, they were, there weren't good answers. They, yeah. they, and it's so simple that anyway, and, and then you take what the other CEOs have been saying, it leads me to believe that to, I can't come up with any other ideas. A, a they're, they're just dumb and they're talking out and they're out of touch and they don't know what, they don't know what they're saying really. They don't really care to have good messaging or they're purposely trying to rile everyone up to keep the strike going longer. That's all I, I can't, that, that's what I have to come to. Cause I can't imagine someone like, you know, David Zazov, who's, you know, made what $250 million last year, can't not incite us. Like, I, I just can't believe it that, that. Yeah, no, it's like they're deliberately trying to make things worse to trigger their golden parachutes. Well, or just to, to keep the strike going longer. And that's what worries me. Well, yeah, no, but if it keeps going, then eventually the shareholders are going to revolt and get them fired. And then they're going to get their golden yeah. parachute. I mean, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a <laughs> fairly highly paid part of this whole thing. And I'm, beginning to really worry financially and i can't even imagine i mean i can i, I read a lot about it and i but I, but what what journeyman writers and actors and 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 lower paid people who've been squeezed out are gonna do i mean i don't yeah. i don't make i i don't think that they actually think the talent pool is too small and they want to thin it out and they want to make as you were saying todd um, you know, being a journeyman actor, not financially viable anymore. They want to turn it all into hobbyists, but what, like the, the thing about it is, yeah, they want it to be gig. Hobbyist eventually is going to be like, well, fuck this hobby's too expensive. That's my point. And, 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 it, you know, it, it makes me long for the uh, abusive studio system almost where <laughs> at least they recognize that they needed a big pool of, I agree with Players. you. I think so about that all the time. My ways. life would be so much easier if I had like an annual income and I was just on call. The problem is you probably wouldn't be picked to fuck one of the Goldwyn Mayer brothers, you know, uh, uh, in, in exchange for, for this. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Really? Am I that unattractive? <laughs> no, I, I just mean you're not a 20-year-old woman. But, oh, it's because uh, I'm old. It's because I'm old. Yeah. Uh, also a, a man. <laughs> oh, and well, that's sexist. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's also it's like there's there's it's like you see you'd mentioned it earlier, kind of the 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 hedge fundy and kind of the tech bro invasion of the Hollywood system and the corruption of it. A system that was already corrupt, but it was a corrupt system that actually seemed to give a shit occasionally about creativity mm -hmm. and uh stories yep. and that's not the case anymore like when you get like with the paramount ceo what uh, brian robbins saying they're only going to produce uh, original animated movies for theatrical release based on existing ip they're not going to do anything original anymore it's like the quote is we're not going to release an expensive original animated movie and just pray people will come like that that's the ex that's those are the the binary thinking is just like, oh, I, I can't think of a possibility of how we could make an original animated film that people would want to see that isn't like 
fucking Transformers or something. Well, and all the IP that there that they that exists exists because a story started out of nowhere. Yeah. None of yeah. it, none of it would like just existed. This IP thing is so ridiculous. It's I just, mean, Brian Robbins is a head of the class dummy turned like internet kids uh, YouTube um, uh, creator um, mogul, I guess, and now running Paramount. Um, he's a dipshit. That's uh, the st- one of the stupidest statements I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, um, it shows how it's it, it's remarkable. Like cons- even cons- considering his company, he stood out as saying one of the dumbest things most recently. Yeah, even within that statement, though, is it, it contains a lot of stupidity. It it, it it doesn't make any sense because they're still going to pray people come and see it. There's no guarantee that I. Uh, <laughs> Because you, you're making a movie about Polly Pocket or about Cheetos, <laughs> people are going to come fucking see it. And and a lot of IP is absolutely worthless in terms of um, mental real estate for an audience. A remake of a of a, a, a old novel or a um, you know an obscure French movie isn't necessarily. There's no there's there's maybe you know a, a couple audience members are going to come and and see it. Uh, but you know, they're, they're, people like original ideas, and you know, uh, I, I, one could argue that Barbie and Oppenheimer are both IP, and I guess a kind of Oppenheimer kind of is, and Barbie is, but it's a product. But they're inventive and original ideas, and original thought went into it. And and yeah. you know, I don't know, I mean, Oppenheimer just like, seems like a, a cheap reboot of Fat Man and Little Boy. Yeah, yeah that's true. come on, it's not, it's disrespect to Dwight Schultz. <laughs> can't have that yeah I, I but like that scares me what you're saying steve that ultimately the only way we're going to find inventiveness and newness is within intellectual property that's being bent to you, you know what i mean versus just let people I, have original well i i do i do but at the same time i i i like like anything uh this industry is cyclical um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think you can see superhero Marvel movies are not automatic anymore. They're not automatic blockbusters anymore. And um, people are growing tired of them. And I think they're, you know, uh, a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once that comes out of the blue that is wildly original and has no IP and um, comes and ma- makes a shit ton of movie and money. And suddenly people are going to be chasing stuff like that. Um it's problematic, but you'll always have you'll always have original thinkers, and you'll always have um, you know filmmakers who who do make original things, and they there will be a place for them. Uh, you know, all I'm we have to pessimistic. do all we have to do is what Mark Ruffalo says: we just need to make indie movies instead of studio movies. That's it. That's the simple. It's that 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 easy, Mark Ruffalo. That it's that it's that simple. Yeah, why? Yeah, why aren't you guys doing that? <laughs> so easy, so easy. Yeah, Falk. What are we? What are we doing? Why aren't we making a movie right now? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't have any money. Oh, yeah. And I'm not allowed. Can, can you get some money? Yeah, let me let me look it up. I'll look up how to get money. Let me yeah. Google it. Figure out yeah, how Google to get that, money. Google that, and uh, while Falk is googling that, we'll uh, we'll play a game. Yeah. What? No. 
Yes. See, that music means it's time to play Should You Cross That Picket Line, the game sensation that's sweeping the nation. In Should You Cross That Picket Line, players are given a scenario where they must choose to cross or not cross a union picket line. Now, players must choose to cross or not cross the picket line and then justify their decision. Correct answers are worth one point. Players have a chance to earn an additional point if they can describe appropriate consequences for crossing that picket line. Each player will be given uh, three crossing scenarios. It's a short game. There are no steals. Who would like to go first? Well, I'm sorry. I, I really didn't understand that explanation, and I was listening. Can you just, just say? Can you say it one more time? <laughs> yeah, um, you'll you'll be given a scenario. Yes. Uh, 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 a potential uh, uh, crossing a picket line. Will scenario. the union be specified um, at the beginning of the uh, scenario? Um, it's it's going to be a, a, a SAG or Writers Guild. Okay. Um, it, it should be pretty clear. Um, uh, uh, one or the other. Um, so you'll be given a, uh, a a scenario that would potentially have you crossing the picket line. You must choose uh, whether you should or should not cross that picket line, uh, and uh, defend your decision. And then you can get extra points for uh, describing appropriate consequences uh, for anyone who does cross. But the picket we're, line. we're 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 not crossing a picket line like we're not a IOTC member crossing uh, a Writers Guild line. We're a Writers Guild no. member. Yeah, it would be it would be which it, it's essentially Gabby, it's it's, you, it's an actor or writer scenario and it's your same same union all right well you scab right. okay gotcha yeah yeah it's says yeah we're scabbing it'd be, it'd, no, it'd be a scab situation scabbing. Okay. all right so uh todd sure todd will go first todd you're an aspiring actor who has been offered a major role in house of the dragon which the producer says is shooting in europe and everything is totally cool even though your part will be shot in encino uh, you've been promised a torft hortley which the producer claims is the norwegian translation of taft hartley also you met this producer in a local tiki bar and they refused to give you their last name should you cross that picket line no no. <laughs> Correct. You should I, not cross. That I wouldn't line. do that if there wasn't a strike. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, what would be uh, for that? That's that's correct. You get a point for that. You get potential for an additional point if uh, you can describe an appropriate consequence if uh, someone uh, does cross the picket line for this job. For that job, uh, yeah. Uh, the appropriate consequence is a a, a, a barring from the union um and uh and if possible uh a, a career working only i mean because i don't want somebody to starve to death uh but uh, only on uwe bowl films for <laughs> the remainder of time I, you know that's, she, that's harsh but fair it's harsh and they're, and they're never allowed back in the tonga hut no, <laughs> of course. Oh, well, that goes without saying. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Well done. Well done. That's two points, Todd. Well, thanks. Uh, Stephen Falk. Yeah. Uh, you apply for a LinkedIn posting for a job called temporary writer. In your interview, you learned that the job is writing new Stranger Things episodes for Netflix. They promise no one will ever find out you did the job, and you get paid in cryptocurrency, which Netflix says is very, very valuable. Should you cross that picket line? No. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and what would be an appropriate consequence for someone who would cross that picket line? <laughs> Uh, that person would have to be the onset warmer 
for Eleven's Eggo waffles. <laughs> but they couldn't use any kitchen appliance. They would have to use oh. part of their body to warm oh. said egg. Oh, boy. Ooh. Yeah, that's 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 uh, uncomfortable and uh, worth uh, an additional point. That's, uh, we're tied up two two. Uh, uh, Todd. Uh, yeah. Your agent calls you and says Marvel has offered you the role of Doctor Doom in the Fantastic Four movie, a role that will have your face hidden behind a metal mask, and you can use a pseudonym in the credits. The only catch is the pseudonym must be an anagram of your real name. <laughs> Should you cross that picket line? I'm going to say no. <laughs> correct. What? No is correct. And also, I have to fire my agent, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would be, uh, for an additional point, what would be an appropriate consequence for someone who would cross a picket line in this scenario? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Jesus. Um I, I think the appropriate uh, punishment for, for anyone who crosses the picket line in this scenario, um, because I, I get the temptation because it's Marvel and all that uh, uh, magic. Um, but I, I mean, I want to see this person uh, uh, for the remainder of their, um, you know, working years before retirement. You know, I don't want to cheat anyone out of retirement just out of spite. Um, but they should be Jim Caviezel's houseboy <laughs> wow. for the remainder of their uh, working uh, time. Wow. The punishment <laughs> fits the crime. That's a point. Oh, my God. That's so many QAnon uh, Zoom meetings you have to set up for them. Uh, everyone has Q in their email address. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Falk. Yeah. You're you're a showrunner that's been called in by the studio to finish editing the last few episodes of your season. However, the episodes weren't finished shooting before the strike started. The studio demands you use AI to generate the missing scripts and footage, saying no one cares if the actors look weird and have too many fingers. Should you cross that picket line? Oh, I mean, while I do agree that that number of Fingers is really not important in most shows. Uh, I'm gonna have to politely decline. Correct. <laughs> now, what would be an appropriate consequence for someone who does cross the picket line in this scenario? <clears throat> they would have to uh, spend the remainder of their marriage only speaking dialogue generated by chat GPT to their spouse <laughs> and see if their marriage can survive. <laughs> that's a, that's a fair. And that's Ooh. a point. Ooh. All right. We are tied up four to four and we're uh, going through our last two scenarios. Oh no. So this is my last one. This is your last one. Todd. Oh no. Todd. Yeah. You're offered a lead role in a major action franchise uh -huh. that is being written entirely by AI. You get paid one big upfront fee in exchange for the studio scanning your body, voice, and for some reason your colon that they can use forever instead of hiring you again. Eventually, this digital version will challenge you in court for the right to be considered legally the real you, and you will lose, becoming an unperson. Should you cross that picket line? No. I mean... Right away, when you said that, my colon is off the table. 
it was never <laughs> that's out of what would be an appropriate consequence for someone who would cross the picket line in this scenario um i guess because of the ai thing it makes me think of you know uh you know in pinocchio when all the kids go to that weird carnival and they get turned into donkeys you know oh yeah cartoon donkeys that's what yeah. happened to him. They should all turn. Into- <laughs> you just, you should, they should get turned into a cartoon turn, donkey. Turn, they should all be turned into cartoon donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> That's appropriate. It's kind of like a, you know, like a, a scarlet letter, but with donkeys. Yeah. They're don- um, so I'll, give, like, I'll give a point. You're like, Oh, it's an ass. I know what that guy yeah. did. He's- yeah. No, 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 no. I, yeah. Good. That's uh, a good, uh, you got your two points there. Stephen Falk. Yeah. Last one. The major studios have merged into one giant content conglomerate and have offered you the opportunity for a lifetime of bliss in the metaverse if you allow them to hook your brain up to their content-generating quantum computer to mine your soul for its creativity. They promise an eternity of pleasures in their simulation and guarantee you you won't even feel your meat space body wasting away in your content pod. Should you cross that picket line? Absolutely. <laughs> he just joey pants matrix we are we are we we I, I feel like we have maybe uh eight nine uh livable years left <laughs> anyway uh so yeah i'm gonna i'm, I'm cutting bait <laughs> so you think the appropriate consequence for someone who crosses the picket line is get to get plugged into for, the content pod. Does he get a point yeah. for crossing yeah. the picket line or not? He does not. <laughs> this is a huge upset. I was expecting a tie game, but Todd, you did you win. <laughs> and Falk is in his content pod getting uh 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 Hey, baby, dopamine I'm blizz- uh, hits I'm bl- I'm and uh, listen out over here. And it feels like a really hollow wins and for me. Real he's, eat, he's eating that. Uh, my, my, he's eating that fake, fake digital steak. My, my actual legs have been uh, amputated because <laughs> they've withered, but it don't matter to me, baby. Uh, he's just a brain and a job. I look, I, I look like I look like Aaron Judge <laughs> in my in my brain. Oh wow. The, the wow! End. I did not see that coming. The wow. offer was too good. <laughs> like the win for the game was right there, but you turned it down for a hypothetical career win. Is it's a career win for you? No, it's just it's just a life of bliss in a pod. Yeah, it's a career win, right? Yeah, I mean, to, now that I kind of think about it, it does seem pretty tempting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, uh, that's the show, everybody. Um, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, thank you uh, to my fellow film pigs, uh, Todd Robert Anderson. Hey, Todd Robert Anderson. Todd Robert Anderson. Todd Robert Anderson. Todd, Todd, Anderson. Anderson. Todd Robert Anderson. Todd Robert Anderson. And uh, Stephen uh, Content Pod Falk. Can't hear you. Everything's good. <laughs> he's, he's blissed out in uh, in in the other verse. Just hit, the hit, hit, that, hit that hamster button. <laughs> Hanging out with Joey Pants in the Matrix. Uh, Talking uh, Pants. Uh, thank you, thank Talking you to Adam Pants. Blau for the music. And uh, yeah, uh, strike is ongoing. It's uh, it's rough, but it's necessary because holy hell, uh, the studios are some greedy some bitches. But as soon as it's over, we got a real shot at a show called Falcon Pants. 
Bog and pants. Bog and pants. Bog and pants. Bog and pants. Bog and pants. All right. Until next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.